Hey everyone, it's your boy, Ariel. I know it's been a while, but the Swifty Boys are back from our hiatus with a new episode. This one was recorded back in the summer. Even though this episode may be a little old, we still felt the need to release it. Hope y'all enjoy. Hello everyone, welcome to the 7th episode of Swifty Dialogues. I am joined by my co-host, Rob. Hello there. And Cinda. Hey, what's up guys? And we're here to have a spoiler discussion about the latest show from Marvel Studios on Disney+, Plus, Moon Knight. We're going to be discussing the good, the bad, and ultimately, is it even worth it? But first, I'll play a quick trailer for your enjoyment. Hello, and welcome to Staying Awake. I have a sleeping disorder. I can't tell the difference between my waking life and dreams. Hello, and welcome to Staying Awake. I'm losing it. We'll catch you on. You're bloody useless, Stevie. Steven. I can't tell the difference between my eyes and dreams. Thank you. Lost the contact lens. Hope you find it. Thanks. Yeah. Oh my God, you're alive. What's wrong with you, Mark? Why did you call me Mark? It must be very difficult. The voice in your head. Shut up! There's chaos in you. Embrace the chaos. Alrighty, everyone, you heard the trailer, and that is the voice of actor Oscar, <laughs> Oscar <laughs> Isaac, <laughs> who plays the titular character of... M- What's his name? Oscar Isaac. Now, he's joking because audience, man, did I have trouble pronouncing his name earlier. Oscar Isaac, Oscar Hayes, Isaac Oscar, I don't know. Well, one's just wrong, so... <laughs> <laughs> but his name is Oscar Isaac. Anyways, uh, he plays the titular character of Moon Knight and other people, but we'll get to that later. As you could probably tell from the trailer, his character sounds a bit unhinged, and that is part of what makes this hero interesting, or tragic even, is that he suffers some from dissociative identity disorder, which we will refer to as DID for the rest of this v- recording. Rob, you're no expert, but you at least have some experience. 
in uh, the psychiatrics, if you will. <laughs> uh, can you please explain to the audience what DID is? Uh, dissociative identity disorder is basically a severance of self. So a person has um, multiple different um, personalities or identities that they have and um, maybe um, has a couple days as one, some time as the other, not necessarily specified, but a big part of it is that they don't remember the other selves when they're in, say, person A doesn't remember person B, person B doesn't remember being person A, um, completely dissociated from each other. Right. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, this is something that people usually do to block out some trauma, correct? I mean, do they do it or does it happen to them? You know, there, there's a debate there. But yeah, it's it's uh, a lot of mental illness is basically a trauma response to protect yourself from the memory of traumatic experience. But um, I will also say um, DID is extremely rare in the real world. Hollywood would not have you believe that, but uh, it is extremely, extremely rare. That is a very good point. Uh, now, the reason that I'm bringing this up is because Oscar Isaac, he, he plays the main character, as I mentioned before, and he plays two to three different personalities, um, each with their own memories, their own accents, their own mannerisms, their own attitudes, and their own different outlooks in life. Usually, this is the part of the recording in which I ask these two ding-dongs for their pros and cons on a series. But I'm going to change it up a little. First, with a disclaimer. I want to be clear that DID is a serious condition and that jokes that we might say in this recording is in no way as an attack or belittlement of people with this condition. Mental health is a serious issue, but... That does not. That's not going to stop us from making fun of shitty writing, uh, questionable acting, or directing, or plot holes. So there's that. And with that out of the way, before the series uh, premiered, what were your expectations uh, before any trailers? Have you guys ever heard of Moon Knight? Uh, what, what what was going on there? So I've pretty much um, only heard of Moon Knight through memes and things on the internet, particularly this one comic panel where he's tossing out these half moons things and he says, random bullshit, go. I've probably seen that um, comic panel used in like a meme or something like that, like hundreds of times. But other than that, almost no concept of what moon knight is as a character like what 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 memes um so like on facebook you've probably seen like shit posting groups you know like uh it's always sunny or arrested development or batman or pretty much every pop culture has like their own meme generating kind of uh facebook group where they um you know make memes about different stuff and i've seen like the minions? random bullshit go comic I'm I'm sure there is one. I don't follow that, but I'm sure there is. Wait, are you not part of the Minions R Us Facebook group? If it doesn't have shit posting or some kind of play on that, it's not a meme group that I would care That's about. That's how I find my MILS, by the way. <laughs> is uh I just hit on people on the Minions R Us uh Facebook page. 
I feel like a good one would be Minions Despicable Me posting. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that's real, but that would be the name that I would call it. Yeah. <laughs> that's just accurate. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Cinda? Have you heard of uh, Moon Knight before the trailers? Oh, no. I've never heard of Moon Knight before the trailers. And after seeing the trailers, it was still confusing. <laughs> so the whole thing was just messed up. I think after... I mean, my original expectations for the show were so low that I was anything could have been better than what I was expecting. But yeah, I think overall it was fun to watch, but also kind of like confusing to watch because, yeah, there were some plot holes that we'll talk about later. Yeah, my expectations uh, for Moon Knight uh, were so my I, I, I did ha- I have heard of Moon Knight before. Um, and mostly through my brother, sort of. So my brother, older brother used to collect comic books in the eighties and nineties and I rolled down his comics and I was like, Oh geez, thank you. Older brother. Oh, I can't wait to read these. And, um, that sounds exactly like you as a child, actually. (laughs) As we all knew him. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. I'll be more accurate. Ho ho. Gee, Willikers. Ho ho. Thank you, little bro- older brother. This is great. Oh. I guess I was Mickey Mouse when I was uh, when I was younger. So, um, but fitting for Disney sixteen. Show, yeah. That was him at sixteen. <laughs> that was me a week ago. Um, <laughs> uh, this is his podcast voice. <laughs> ha. <laughs> um, yes. But Ariel, what was your experience? Oh yeah. So yeah, yeah, you. Yeah. God inherited all these comic books from your older brother, but you know, did you ever crack those open? Yeah, I mostly read the uh, X Men and uh, what's it called uh, uh, the X Men and Spider Man t- uh, comic books, especially twenty ninety nine comics. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I glanced through Moon Knight, uh, and because I was young, I was not able to really understand the complexity. <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> why didn't you? Yeah. Did you actually try to read it? Or you just saw the cover and you were like, I don't know about that. <laughs> Pretty much. Some guy with half moons. You were like, I don't know. He looks, he looks strange. Eight year old Ariel and 12 year old Ariel was not able to, uh, understand the complexity of, uh, multiple personalities or dissociative personalities. So, uh, like a mummy yeah. Batman costume. Yeah, and Ron Bushman just murdering people in a ch- in a comic book, and then that's actually yeah. See, you're you're talking about Ron Bushman. I didn't even know who that was until I saw an article that was like, "Why is Bushman not in Moon Knight?" Wait, is it Raul or Ron Bushman? I have no idea. I just I read an article like a week ago that's like, "This is why Bushman wasn't featured in Moon Knight." I'm like, "Who who the fuck yeah. is Bushman?" Yeah. Oh, be, was that because he was too similar to Killmonger? Uh, Warmon- yeah. Killmonger? Yeah. yeah. So, I saw that too and I was wondering, is that legit or is that just, you know, but it might be legit. I have no idea. I could see them saying, "Oh, we had enough characters like that." I have no idea. Kevin Kevin Feige's keeping that secret on lock. <laughs> Well, I hope there's a season two so they can bring him out. There isn't. Ah, of course. Oscar Isaac pretty much confirmed there won't be. Well, I hope they tie him into the next like Avenger or Secret War movies. Either way, we're gonna we're gonna go uh, go back to that. But um, what were your expectations of the series uh, after the trailer drop? Like, what were you expecting? Uh, 
Were you expecting something action based? Were you were you expecting something horror based? Were you expecting uh, a thriller? Let me know. I would say that the trailers really made it seem like it was going to be horror thriller, very different from the typical action comedy kind of MCU uh, stereotype. Um, and I was expecting a lot more of the kind of scary, creepy aspects of um, of the series to be present. Yeah, I remember one trailer specifically that like leads you to believe it's a horror psychological thriller was just when he just keeps repeating, "Oh, my waking dreams have become my or my nightmares have become my waking dreams" or something like that, where he just constantly in a loop and you make it seem like you're um you're watching like uh inception or some movie like that so that's how you kind of thought the move the whole show was going to play out but yeah towards the end it kind of switched up entirely and they were like okay now it's just more action based and we're gonna have like giant gods fight each other <laughs> that was pretty dope though it was like uh kong versus godzilla moment with, like, with, with Ahmet, just a giant-ass lizard, and then you got the swinging dead bird man with that giant staff. That was dope. Which, why Why is Khonshu like a skeleton, but all the other yeah. gods we no, see are just like normal animals? Yeah. Time has been bad to him. Nice expectations, but what I wanted was something similar to Black Swan. Um... If you guys have not watched that, it starts Emily Portman. Natalie Portman. Yep. Mila Kunis, Natalie Portman, um, uh, directed by Darren Aronofsky. Real good movie. Yes, but uh, essentially it's like one of those things in which uh, you cannot tell what's real and what's not due to its uh, directing, cinematography, and whatever. And uh, the dissolution and breakdown of character through the protagonist. So that's what I wanted uh, in this series, and I think that's what I got. Um, now, for you guys, did it meet your expectations? No. Oh, well, <laughs> <laughs> there we are. Just simply no. Yeah. My expectations were so low. Yeah, they definitely met mine because they were so low from... You just you just didn't have any. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I don't even know what Moon Knight is going to be good because it all depends on how the actor themselves deliver the role. And I think Oscar Isaac just like killed it. But if it wasn't him, it probably would have sucked. But then also you got Ethan Hawke. So you're throwing in like major characters now. Marvel's got that money to get like the real A-list actors now that are all mm. over the place. But... If that continues, then you'll have more of these, like, no-name superhero characters that are getting, like... Massive, uh, yeah. big-budget kind of um, films, series yeah, big... and films and stuff with yeah, exactly because playing them. Yeah, Moon Knight is such a rare character. Like, he's definitely not one of the big names, but... And they, the other thing is they haven't given movies to even bigger names in the old, in the whole MCU like Nova, you know, what have or um, any, and they haven't even touched Inhumans. But I don't even want to go there because well, they did, but they ruined it. And they don't want. Well, yeah, go I mean, <laughs> I mean the Marvel, the current Marvel Cinematic yeah, yeah, Universe MCU, hasn't done yeah. yeah Inhumans yet, so they'll definitely do it right because it was 
Someone took a dump on that whole series. <laughs> I didn't even watch that one. Yeah, it's it's not important. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yes. Anyways. <laughs> so Movie. now now that we're uh we're on this note, let's talk about the plot itself. Um so you know, you guys could chime in please to like uh help me fill in yeah. some blanks. But essentially, uh Oscar Isaac, he uh he plays at, at 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 first a character named Stephen Grant, a British uh, man who lives in London, I believe. London. And he uh, works at a gift shop in a museum, particularly the section that deals with Egyptian history, because we know empire. So the British, they 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 got. They got all the culture, cultural artifacts. Um, <laughs> yeah, they wanted them all. They were like, po- they saw him as Pokemon. Yeah, gotta catch artifacts. them all. It's weird. <laughs> so he he plays a very meek type of man who works there. It, nobody really respects him, but at the same time, he has a sleep disorder in which he ties himself to a bed via a what? What do you even call it? Like a zip tie? Oh, it's like it a chains, psychiatric but... handcuff. Yeah, it's like a padded handcuff-looking thing. Yeah. It's like a foot ankle. It's like an ankle cuff. But yeah, and then he draws yeah. this like line of sand so he knows if he does escape, he can see that he like. That's why the sand the was there? I thought there was like a supernatural like. No, uh, it was to make sure that. to see oh, if no. he like left or not so he could track his footsteps. I yeah. feel like there's a cheaper way of doing that. Uh, yeah. they, but it was also an Easter egg into like the sands and the pyramids, obviously. Yeah, well, yeah, I get, like, I get the aesthetic yeah. choice, but in, in reality, like you're really gonna just pour sand all over your like. I yeah. feel like there's a cheaper alternative. I mean, frankly, why not just set up a goddamn like ring camera or like a yeah. CCTV? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Honestly, you didn't even think about that. But modern problems require modern solutions. Yes, the man was living in the 1950s. <laughs> oh, let me just strap myself to my bed. I'm gonna pour <laughs> sand. <laughs> he had a smartphone too. <laughs> Robinson at 2024. Modern problems require modern solutions. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Get her done. But yeah, also I would fill in that he yeah, he's starts out as Stephen Grant, but then you find out later that he has this secret personality. Hidden that's down really below. the main one. Yeah, like, that's Stephen really Grant's the main not dude. the main one. Yeah, his life, his main life is Mark Spector, who is an assassin, and he kind of created Stephen out of almost like a, a tra- post-traumatic trauma stress. response. Yeah, yeah out of st- trauma because his childhood was so bad. His mom beat him because she blamed him for the death of their son. So that's the backstory of Mark Spector. So. As his mom would beat him, Mark left his body in a sense that he went unconscious, then went into an alter ego, which is Stephen Grant, in order to protect Mark Spector from seeing his mom beat him, basically. So he like kind of used Stephen as a shield. It was like a mental shield where you create a new person, so you don't even have the memory that you're being abused. It's like... is is. Really insane when you think about it, but not insane in a bad way, but like extremely interesting what the brain can do. 
That's what I would say. What the brain is capable of doing. It's like uh, when we record this podcast. What are we? What What are we doing? We're We're just our own alternate selves. This isn't our true selves. We're just uh, yeah. diving into an alternate personality. Do I remember what I record after this? Not really. And just like the just like the show, yeah. Just like the show, I have complete amnesia about everything we've talked about and yeah. said and did <laughs> and drank. Yeah. This this entire <laughs> show is our version of uh, just. We're, what we're saying is that um, Moon Knight uh, ripped us off. <laughs> <essentially>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Anyways, so Disney, pay us, and now you're going to get sued if you don't. (laughs) I feel like I hope they never find out we're talking about them, because they'll find a way to sue us for some reason. (laughs) They'll be like, you can't say his name. (laughs) Nah, we give credit. Give credit to Disney. You created a good show. Rob doesn't think so, but we think so. (laughs) Yeah, not really. You didn't meet Rob's <laughs> expectations, but you met me and Ariel's, so that's, there's something to say about that. You know? Two out of three is not a very good percentage. Just No, they wrote a song about, about that, even. Two out of three ain't bad, you know? Okay. <laughs> it's two out of three ain't bad. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, that's 66. So, <laughs> that's a 66. That's a yeah. D+. Plus. All right, so thank yeah. you, so thank you, Cinda. That is a good backstory to uh, uh, who Mark Spector and Stephen Grant is, um, and uh, also the Egyptian god Khonshu, who uh, so Mark Spector, the original personality, was also a mercenary after his traumatic experiences. So when uh, he went on a mission in Egypt, he was on the verge of death, and then he got taken over by Khonshu. Now, fast forward to the modern day where the series takes place. Um, there is this cult leader uh, played by Ethan Hawke uh, named Harrow. And he's an avatar of another Egyptian god called uh, Amet. Was it? Amet, yeah. yeah. So actually, to go into that, he was the avatar of Kanshu before Mark Spector. But then somehow he was able to break his contract with I think he died, actually. and Or, no, he didn't die. But he broke his contract with Kanchu, and he wasn't his avatar anymore. He he mentions this, that he used to be able to see Kanchu, but now he can't anymore. But he said, oh, Kanchu is the worst because he made me do the worst things. And then he keeps mm-hmm. saying that, um, oh, Kanchu, you made me do this. Like, the reason, you can't be mad at me because you made me do this, basically. Right. And he's trying to be Ahmet's avatar. He wants to be Ahmet's avatar, who... She doesn't wait until someone's committed the crime to punish them. She will see into the future if you ever commit any future crimes, like Minority Report, straight out of that. Mm -hmm. Then they will kill you on the spot. Like, even if you're a child, though, and you do something bad, just like the timelines being pruned with Lady child Lady Loki, where they would take her from her dimension. Yeah, they would prune you at a young age, regardless, because maybe you would mess up the timeline in the future. So they'd stop you as a child. They wouldn't kill you, though. This is a more brutal way to do it, but this kind right. of concept. Like. So he, yeah, yeah. So Cinda is uh, hitting on it. The, basically, the major moral dilemma of this entire series is when should judgment be passed? Um, so... Mm-hmm. 
Kanchu, he doesn't care about humanity. He actually doesn't care if people die. Um, he all he cares is did you commit this crime? Then you should be executed. So hence why uh, Mark, the mercenary, when he was at the verge of death, he was picked to be uh, his uh, avatar. Avatar. He's going to be yeah. his fist of vengeance and punish people who committed crime. And these are people who are the worst of the worst, by the way. I'm not talking about like just a random dude doing graffiti like on the wall. You know, or jaywalking. you say that, but they actually don't really go into who he enacts vengeance they on. They, do. They, they, they don't really, though. They do. They, they, they literally do. In episode five, they said predators, <laughs> uh, killers. <laughs> no, but they don't show any of it. You have to take them at their word, and their word is unreliable. Do you want to see what is it? Do you want to see the guy actually predating a child? To uh... no, I want to see. I want to see the investigation into how they verified that this guy is who they think he is before they kill them. <laughs> Innocent until proven guilty. Okay, okay, Rob, you're one of those well, assholes. Who liked episode one of Star Wars? Oh, who likes the law? Yeah, who likes who likes the way the criminal just? <laughs> you you like episode one of Star Wars because you want to see the bureaucracy? <laughs> no, episode one was awful as well. But um, what what I think is what I think is the problem with the show is that they take a really interesting character and they start the show at the most uninteresting point in his life when he's predominantly Stephen Grant, the museum guy. And then everything that is interesting is hinted at, told in flashback, or just completely blipped out because he went into a different personality or whatever. And you just like yeah. come back and and he's already taking care of whatever was going on. They like they literally yeah. just avoid showing the most interesting parts of this guy's life. That was that I thought about that and I thought, you know what? They they saved so much money by doing that <laughs> because and, and they saved so I'm much I'm an time. adult, so I know that there's a budget. You know, I'm not like a kid yeah. who's just like, why did they do that? You know, like yeah. I understand there's financial yeah, I constraints and CGI cost stuff. Yeah, we all wanted to see at least one episode where it was from the perspective of either uh, Mark Spector or who you find out in the very last cuts or extra credit scene jake lockley who is the extra i mean credit. if you read the comments or if you read any of the comic books it's jake yeah. lockley who's like his jake. third alter ego who they don't talk about at all but they definitely reference more and more as they're like oh that was um who stabbed that guy oh it wasn't me was it you wasn't me must be this murderous third person but it happened right. during the blackout that the sh uh, showrunners conveniently don't have to show us so we're getting a little too ahead of ourselves here so uh for the audience part of the plot is that uh harrow is gathering these souls and is trying to release Ahmet, the person who wants to judge everyone uh before it is their time uh, so moving on with the plot, um, Stephen Grant's character becomes more fractured and, uh, the series becomes a lot more, uh, surreal because we don't know what's real and what isn't. And it actually does get into that black swan territory. So, uh, eventually it boils down to that they did end up defeating Amet and, uh, and a third personality of 
Stephen Grant comes through and he is uh Jake Longley. Jake. He is Lockley, the, I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And he is the most murderous of the three. Um, and is uh sort of hinted at he was event uh, not invented but manifested from DID uh because uh because of the cycle of, of abuse he had to deal with his mother uh, being beat and all that stuff that he was the manifestation of all the abuse and he was the one more comfortable with actually killing and this is something I have to say about this Marvel series this is the one that you will see the most blood in because even in Falcon and the Winter Soldier where there are some graphic I would say action scenes in which like let's say a Agent Carter, I will like throw. No, it wasn't Agent. It was Agent Carter, right? No, it was U.S. U.S. Agent, or before he was U.S. Agent. No, no, no. But I'm uh, talking about I'm talking about uh, the one who turned out to be uh, the the money broker or whatever. I don't know. Oh. I blocked that shot out of my memory. The blonde, oh the blonde, the yeah, blonde chick. That's, a, that's Agent Carter. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She will throw like a uh, Agent Carter will like throw like a pipe through a dude's chest and like brutally kill someone, but. Is Disney, so they wouldn't really show any blood. Uh, but he, I heard that they went back and they scrubbed some of the blood and violence from Falcon Winter Soldier too. I don't know, but I've I've read that in an article somewhere. Goddamn liberals impeding on my freedom and freedom of speech. <laughs> <Yeah. Hi>. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, but uh, in this series, they would. Uh, they they will show said blood scenes. Uh, there's some really brutal scenes in this series, um, mm, but that's debatable. But okay, there's some comparatively. All I'm gonna Disney say is show. that's debatable. Okay, for for a Disney show, yeah. Okay. Anyways, um, I think at this point it's a good point. Uh, it's a good uh, segue to go into the acting. <laughs> What did you guys think about the acting? The acting is the only redeemable quality of the show whatsoever, in my opinion. Yeah. He did a... It was very difficult what he had to do because he was basically on the same scene playing two different people, different, like, mannerisms in one take. And that's, like... That's just a testament to how good of an actor he is. Also, Layla had to do that a little bit towards the end. Um, she had like that scene where she gets possessed and also the avatar trial thing, you know, when they have the avatars kind of take over, um, you know, yeah, it's not like the show had no good features to it. The acting is definitely the strongest point. Hey, Rob, I think you have a few good features. (laughs) Thank you. He could be an avatar. You want to be my avatar? I think the entire concept of the avatar structure is one of the biggest plot holes of the show. So no. I mean, some of them don't get powers. That is a, that is a huge plot hole. I mean, the powers are not comparable. I can make you my plot hole. <laughs> so Moon Knight is a show on Disney+. <laughs> <Yeah>. Plus. <laughs> 
<laughs> so let me go through a couple other plot holes now that oh, we're on the yeah. topic of of um the gods and all that. Yeah. Uh uh Cinda Cinda had kind of brought this up earlier, but it doesn't make any sense at all that Kanshu and Amit would be so obscenely powerful and yet Ra and Osiris and all and Set and all the other Egyptian gods can be like taken out like that. I agree with that. Um, I agree with that. It doesn't make sense at all that Harrow would have all this just unfathomable power while his god that is uh, uh, sealed doesn't uh, have any connection to him anymore. Like when Khonshu was sealed, Mark Spector was able to be killed. So, well, Mar- again, Mark was killed by a bullet, so. Um, okay, but but oh well, two, his bu- power, two bullets technically, but whatever. Right, right, yeah. but his power, Mark's power, when Khonshu is unsealed, is regeneration, right? Um, I don't know if Ahmed's power is like the judgment thing or what, but Harrow should have no power whatsoever when Ahmed is sealed, because that's what the sealing process does. It prevents that character's power from having any influence and sway in the mortal realm. I, on this one, in terms of like plot holes, I definitely agree with you on this one. Um, And I, I felt like we should have like covered this in the plot section that I had uh, pointed out, but uh, you're, you're completely correct. Um, It is so weird that like Hera was able to kill all of them, even though with all the powers of like his, uh, that's the way I'm interpreting it. But like, it's still, I found it still a little weird that he had all the powers of his followers and then he managed to kill four gods or at least their avatars just like that. And um, yeah, like it, it, yeah. it was just weird. All he had Another was thing, the staff. He just had this one an- staff that was like imbued with the power and that was it. And that one Another staff thing- was just like took out everyone. Yeah. Not really. Another thing to a lesser extent, not nearly as much of a plot hole in my opinion, but why would the hippo god give uh, her avatar wings? At, I mean, I guess they can give whatever oh, they want, the red but scarab. it just didn't they really add to, up. Yeah, they wanted to press with the the other superhero, the red scarab, and kind of bring her into the mix so they could have a Egyptian superhero. I guess. But you know, hippos, hippos in real life, they're murderous. Are some of the most dangerous violent are. animals birds are not even close to the power strength ability to kill that hippos are what's with the wings you know you like i don't know yeah. that's obviously Only not because, as big yeah. of a plot hole to me i think the biggest plot hole even the afterlife part that we were getting into isn't as big of a plot hole as harrow's obscene unfathomable power despite um, the creature being sealed and the other avatars not having anything pretty much in comparison. Yeah. And I liked Harrow as a character. On that note, uh, I think it's a good point for me to bring to the next section. Uh, and that is the action. Now, Moon Knight actually um, was not a huge action-focused series no. it was m- definitely more of a character study more of a dramatic thing 
But the action that was there, what do you guys think about it? Uh, weak at best. I think they they showed a lot of cut. They had more like cinematography greatest hits than actual action scenes because of how they cut it. Where they would just go from he's surrounded to he passes out to everyone's dead on the ground. So, so there's no... Yeah. When that happened, like, in the early episodes, I actually didn't mind it because I was, like, still getting used to the idea of the DID, you know, you know, yeah, amnesia and stuff. Working. But yeah. when they did it in the finale and he was, like, at the brink of death and then his eyes rolled back, it's like, come on, you couldn't have shot that perspective from Layla and just shown the action scene and Layla would be like, hey, what happened? And he's like, I don't know. I just, like, forgot what happened. Like that, that really bugged me that like in the final climactic moment, they can't even show what I guess Jake did instead of Mark or Steven. Yeah, exactly. To Harrow to like, yeah, to overpower Harrow finally. Like, come on. Yeah. It was like, oh, they tease you with it so much. I am mixed on that particular scene. I, I actually, I'm, I fall between what you guys are saying to be honest i was i felt like i was being teased by the skin <laughs> of my dick through it and um also i do get it because none of them know that they have jake there and um this is also part of the plot audience is that at the end <clears throat> Conchu, or at least uh mark specter and uh, Stephen Grant, when they both uh, reconcile with themselves as being two halves of the same coin, they're like, you know what? We're comfortable with each other. We're good. And um, they're both told Conchu, hey, we will spare Harrow. We will take care of him. But uh, release, of, release us of mm-hmm. your contract. Yeah. We're, we will no longer be Moon Knight. Yeah. And Conchu, being the cheeky bastard that he is, and this is what I said earlier. He actually doesn't really care about humanity. He just wants his justice. And he wants an um, avatar, really. He Yeah. Yeah. He uh he knew about Jake uh Longley living in there. I also y- you mentioned Jake in the sarcophagus thing. I found it weird that um the scales balanced and there were only two hearts and that whole thing was really about two souls and that entire sequence when shouldn't there be three if jake is really in there yeah there should be always an imbalance there should be a perpetual imbalance even with the two right yeah they should have been like oh we had a third fucking guy in here the whole time that was the imbalance and then they were like oh yeah that's how they nope. could have ended. Your balance with just the two, that that third yeah. one, you know. It was just and because that you also, were imbalanced to your two. That also, yeah. like, Steven and Jake aren't truly a different person. So I found the whole thing that there there are three personalities, but Mark is the is the person that existed first. And then Steven and Jake are uh psyche breaks from Mark, right? So there should be either three souls or whatever, or there should be one Marks because he was the tangible real person that exists. And Steven and Jake are just like severances from that within his 
um, within his mental illness disorder. So I, I found it weird that they chose that route that they did because it, it doesn't make sense in either direction. I would think that the imbalance should be that there aren't really two or three souls, that it's, it's really just one soul, Mark, and he's realizing, oh, these things are just projections or or self-defense mechanisms I've created, blah, blah, blah. But um, yeah, it, it just, yeah, more plot holes. Uh, I, I, I also I also 100% agree with you on that one. And I actually, 100% credit to you guys. I did not think about that, uh, about the scales and it being two hearts. And then it should, without without Jake's heart, it should, should have still been imbalanced. Um, so I definitely agree with you on that. I did not even think about that. So, yeah, that is definitely a plot hole there. Now that we've talked about the acting, the the action, the cinematography and effects and CGI, what do you think about that in general? So um, I, I like the cinematography. Um, there was a little thing with the, the moon at the end of each episode where it was progressively getting more full. Um, I read about the director wanting to show actual Cairo and how he was upset that like Wonder Woman 1984 didn't take place in Cairo for filming, but it was had scenes set in Cairo. So I appreciate some of those aspects. Um, but at the same time, um, I'm a diehard Christopher Nolan fan. I really appreciate practical effects when it's possible to do so. And I do think that it affects the acting. Even as good as the acting was in this show, the acting would be even better if what they're reacting to is practical effects rather than their imagination with a green screen surrounding them. I think they they took a lot of cinematic elements from other movies, especially when they were shooting the scenes where time would stop and then restart in a different, like completely different setting and time has passed. It's um, and almost like they took elements from Fight Club where you didn't even know if like what you're seeing is a dream or not. Because the whole scenes at the end where they're in the psych ward, you never, I mean, they keep telling you, oh no, you've been in the psych ward this whole time, this whole series. We've only, we've just been in the psych ward. You've just created this in your mind. And I then, wish that that was yeah. the plot twist and that it had committed to that. And that yeah, yeah. all of the Egyptian and they shit really was, stuck that would have solved every yeah. plot hole. Oh, he's yeah. He's just it was like oh, you're Ill. just insane. It was like the f- one who flew over the cuckoo's nest. That's like the setting they took. Yeah. Um. So you brought up an interesting point in terms of like the cinematography and CGI. So in the comics, uh, this is when the trailers were first coming out, and like I started like researching Moon Knight a little bit more. One of the things that they did in the comic books to depict each of the personalities is that they will use a different art style uh, for each uh, personality. One would be more like uh, scratchy style. Another mm, one would be I more see. contemporary uh, comic book style, blah, blah, blah. But um, mm-hmm. that was definitely one of the things that I was like looking forward to in this series. It was like if they will like delve into that. Like, let's say if uh, if each personality was shot by a different director, but still with that uh, that mind of like uh, 
like Black Swan or like you, what was that movie that you mentioned just earlier? Oh, Fight Club. Fight Club. No, Fight Club. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, Fight Club. Uh, similar to Fight Club, but just like that. But like, just put that shit on crack, and then like each personality has its own sort of like director. Clearly, that's gonna be a logistical nightmare. Um, yeah. But um, but oh, that's yeah. something. Disney has all the money. They could fucking do that. Come on. Yeah. I thought they were almost going to do like two episodes to Steven, two episodes for Mark, and then the last two episodes were from the viewpoint of Jake. And then that fills in all the plot holes of the fight on the on the ice cream truck. and the Senda, yeah. you should take over this property because yeah. that would have been a good way of doing it. <laughs> I know. Kevin Feige, hit me up. I'll tell you how it goes. Yeah, that would have been a much I'll tell you how way. you should have done it, bro. Director Cinda. Steven first, Mark second, and then... Jake Lask, and then you basically show all the footage you didn't show in the uh, first six episodes, and then make a make a second season and milk that for all it's worth, you know. And then don't show the ending like you did. Leave that for the second season. I'm just imagining you, me being an actor, and you being the director, Cinda, and then I'm like, "All right, Cinda, so what should I do?" And then you're like, you just go on a rant and explain the entire plot for the entire goddamn movie. And I'm like, okay, so what should I do? (laughs) Do whatever you have to do. (laughs) No, what I don't understand is in the final battle scene, you know how Kanshu could just grow to the size of Amit, even though she was that is another plot hole. Yeah, larger. Why didn't Kanshu just grow? Why didn't he just grow to like twice the size of her and then just stomp her right there? You know, if he could grow exponentially large this whole time. <laughs> also, why doesn't yeah. she use her teeth to catch? The- <laughs> she- <laughs> you know, crocodile strongest bite in in, in all of Animal Kingdom. I think uh, they explained that because they were fighting under the full moon. And then that's the height of Conchu's uh, power. Ah, uh, yeah. All of his powers. Yep, yep. It makes sense now. In terms of cinematography, and I think the cinematography in general was great. Uh, Rob, just like you, when they were like uh, getting into like the uh, horror aspects in the first episode especially, I think the cinematography was great. Um Especially when, like, uh, he, uh, homeboy Steven was, like, in the elevator. And, like, you see Contry just constantly creeping up to him. And there was, like, the old lady. Yeah. And that and, was what, that was, like, one of my favorite the scenes. The other yeah. one was, uh, yeah, was where good. they do something similar. It's always the hallway with the flashing lights. When he was in yep. the, uh, <laughs> what's it called? The, uh, the storage the, unit. Uh, thank you. The storage unit. And, um, he uh, he was like waiting, and then he was getting chased down there, and then even in Astral Plane in episode five, uh, where he was like looking down the hole. No, it was episode four before we saw um, what's his name? What's her name? The hippo god, and she uh, oh, Tarwet. I don't even know Tarwet. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna go with that, and um. They that repeating motive, I think that was okay. I think that was a pretty cool visual aspect to tie things together. Um, another one that caught my eye was when uh Harrow was about to kill Mark Spector before Jake Lockley, Jake Lockley took over, 
And then behind him, you see the two gods um, fighting. And then uh, it goes into a Dutch angle. That was very, very well done. And by a Dutch angle, that means when it go, sort of goes into like a 45 degree angle. No, oh, uh, yeah, I see what you mean. When they're running on the pyramids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that whole fight scene was nuts. But it didn't take very long. Is that like a Dutch rudder? Isn't it? Is there any connection? No, no, you're getting it confused with uh, when we're together, Rob, and I give you a Dutch oven. <laughs> <laughs> I get all the Dutch stuff mixed up. <laughs> it's all Dutch to me, you know? That's the, that's the expression, right? Yeah, that's what people say. Yep. <laughs> oh, man. But that last scene, you'd think Harrow would get more armor from Ahmet, but no. He's just still in the sandals filled with glass. <laughs> no one talks about He's just still walking around with broken right. glass in his goddamn Jesus sandals and <laughs> in his Birkenstocks. Right. And so, he's just, like, no one, now, did, he doesn't really go into why he does that, but all I know is, like, his soul is still unbalanced, and he's, like... It's I, the only way he can get a boner anymore. <laughs> <laughs> he's just, like, this is my, this is my, um, for, or, this will make up for all my sins for being Khonshu's avatar. I think that's what it is. I think, he's, like, I killed so many people as Khonshu's avatar, I need to, like, punish myself by walking on glass every day. Maybe. Uh, more or less, that was uh, part of the reason why he does it. It's like more of like, I need, I need to eternally suffer type of thing to reach paradise. That and the boner thing. <laughs> Mainly what Rob said, yeah. <laughs> He's a sick man. <laughs> Hospital. All right. So with that in mind, what did you guys think about the after credit scene? Now, um, so for the audience and the after credit scene, after the bad guy was defeated, Harrow is, was not killed by Mark Spector. He decided to, um, spare his life because he doesn't want to do what, uh, what, uh, Conchu wants to do, which is just kill. He said, Hey, I'm gonna spare his life. I'm gonna take him to a mental hospital and just lock him there and just release me from being Moon Knight, and then Kanchu being the cheeky bird that he is, um, let me, I'm, let me, I'm gonna have your other personality that you don't even know about, Jake, the most violent one, and he's gonna yeah. do it. He went over to uh, the mental institution, checked him out, speaking Spanish, um, because you know Lockley, clearly a Spanish. Also. Oh, hold, and, hold on, uh, hold on, hold on. It is not that easy to just check someone out of a mental hospital. I'm, I'm just like, <laughs> well, he killed a, everyone that's a inside the giant hospital. glaring plot hole. Yeah, that's the plot hole that you had. That's to see. still he not that everyone. easy. I mean, it's not easy to kill everyone in the hospital. Do you know sure. how many police officers are just going in and out of hospitals, bringing people to it from off the street? Like, it, I'm sorry, that that really kind of jumped the shark for me. That that that's that's where your suspension of disbelief uh, ended. Not the giant fighting gods. <laughs> the giant not lizard the, woman. Uh, and giant I mean, bird man. <laughs> Hold up! Someone took him out of a mental hospital that easy. <laughs> I've been trying to get my aunt in one for years. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just telling you, it is, it is, uh, incredibly difficult 
to just walk into a mental hospital generally, just to just walk into one as a stranger off the street. You, They're like locked down tight. You know what I mean? You can't just walk in and walk out and do anything you want. That is just like completely jumping the shark. Now, to... Now you're right on that one, and I think that's a Hollywood thing. Uh, the same thing with uh, DID. Uh, there's so many scenes of mental institutions and how easily it is to break out of one. Or break in. Uh, yeah. I think or that's a Hollywood. No works there. That's a Hollywood thing in yeah, general. There's only four people that are actually there. But he's speaking Spanish. Actually, that's a call to Oscar Isaac is from <laughs> oh, Cuba. Well, he's Cuban. <laughs> you know, you just walk in like, hola, and they're like, oh, come on in. Yeah, Grab the guy like, you think you're, you're, uh, you know, taking care of and just walk out with them. We don't have to, you know, any discharge work. Well, we, it's one of those things that, like, I think they may explain in season two because we have no idea about Jake Lockley, at least in the MCU yeah. context. Not yet. So we, yeah. we will see. Um, okay, so... Um, what what did you guys aside from that? What did you guys think about that final scene? Nah, it was, I think it was good because it shows you why Kanshu picked Mark in the first place was because he knew his DID was so severe that he could use any one of the three characters or identities, and they would have no idea he used them for whatever reason. So that's why Kanchi from the beginning, when Mark was young and created the personality, Kanchi was like, ooh, this guy, his mind is unstable. I could use him to do my bidding. Because I'm currently using Ethan Hawke to murder people. <laughs> I thought Ethan Hawke deserved to die. So well, like, I'm I not mean, mad he that... Ca- he killed uh, a lot he, of people. Yeah, I'm not mad that um, he took out Ethan Hawke. Um, yeah. I'm more just like... I feel like they could have made the logistics of that. Like they didn't even have to put e- you know, Harrow into a mental hospital. There, there's so many other decisions that they could have made for that um, ending credit scene for him to take out uh, Harrow. <laughs> just, yeah, I just thought it was kind of like, coffee, you know, yeah. and then just in a cafe, Harrow's just like, just chilling by himself. And then Jake just walks up and he's like, hello. And then he's like, Hey, what's up, Steven? And he's like, Nope. And he's like, what's up, Mark? Again, and goes, nope. And then Cinda, shoots him. Take, yeah. take you know, the series you, over. I know, dude. These ideas make Disney sense. They're, I would, they, I would they're logical. It, and then it's, it would play to the scene in Spider-Man where he's like, oh, hi, Mark. No, it's Steven. Oh, hi, Steven. Oh, no, it's Jake. And that's like a common, a classic line. Yeah. Plot twist. It's, it's Wusso coming in from the room. <laughs> And then the, that's where the multiverse goes. Oh hi, Mark. <laughs> oh hi, Mark. No, here's here's how it, here's how I would have ended it. Here's how I would have ended it. I would have had Harrow go back to his cult, um, believing he's a failure and like punishing himself or something like that. And then Jake comes in and takes him out without Harrow even noticing he's in the room. And yeah. then Jake walking out with Kanshu, being like best buds. Yes, Kanshu just in a suit. <laughs> that's the best. Yeah. He's like, what's up, guys? <laughs> well, actually, I'm just, yeah. I also love, I, I, I gotta admit, there's one thing that I love, and like, there's no logistical or cinematographical uh, reason, reason. I made that word up. Um, as to cinematograph- cinematography goal. Yeah. 
I'm reason why I love this is when Harrow, Harrow, when he was like, got out of the mental institution, he was led into a, a white limousine and Harrow is there telling him, oh, you shouldn't have done that, blah, 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 blah. And then that's when Jake rolled down his window and just shot him. I was like, that, that's just a me personal thing. I found that funny. Also, why doesn't the bullet continue through the back of his head and through the glass and come out the back of the window? I mean, maybe that's not a plot hole. Maybe that's how guns work. I'm not really a gun person, but uh, I would feel like lower. the bullet. He went with a body shot. <laughs> Please, uh, Rob, ex- explain explain some more how it should, how it technically should have worked in your See, when you I mean, shoot a body. <laughs> oh God. I mean, I don't. I don't. I. Wait, wait, when you shoot someone in the head, how should it work? Do do bullets not pass through the body and out the other side? Is that is it an exit wound an imagined thing I've heard of, or or am I like? Well, there are like, bones it could hit, so that's possible. Is that something you wish to see? I'm sorry, but I I just I I feel like bullet would go through. Explain it how explain how it should go. So I would think that a bullet would pass through the body, and you know there's blood splattering across the window, so that implies that it hit at a point where the blood would come out the back of the head and out the window. If that were to happen, would the bullet not also pass through and then go through the glass? <laughs> uh, I'm going to edit that to make you look, seem like a psychopath. <laughs> yeah. Alrighty, guys. So, final thoughts. Did you like Moon Knight? What would you rate it? And would you recommend it? Uh, from a, let's say, 1 to 10 scale, final thoughts... Uh, rating, would you recommend it? Cindy, you want to go first? All right. Yeah. I would give it a nine and a half. I liked it a lot. There were some plot holes, though, so I can't give it a full 10, but I think just the what they were trying to go for with a uh, psychological thriller mixed with a Marvel series, I think they accomplished that at a base level. And my expectations were pretty low, so, you know, they definitely met my expectations. <laughs> Speak oh, into yeah. the microphone. But I would say they definitely met my expectations. And overall, I would recommend the series. And I would give it a 9.5 overall. <laughs> that is quite generous. Yes, yeah, it's um, very generous. I, I would probably give it a 5.5. Um, just barely over uh, the halfway point. Uh, in my opinion, um, less than 5 would be something I did not like. One being I actively hate it. 10 being it's the best thing I've ever seen. I would give it like a five and a half. Um, I would recommend people watch this if they are MCU people who want to watch future MCU projects because I see this character coming back and it would be um, probably required watching material to understand what he does in future uses. But I see watching this as kind of a chore just to stay informed and stay um, on top of the spoilers and things like that. Alrighty. And I would give it a nine out of 10. Um, I would say that um, this exceeded my expectations. Um, The acting was amazing. Uh, Very much amazing, especially on Oscar Isaac. And, 
the way he was able to portray certain personalities. Ethan Hawke, amazing. Um, the, the It's not action-heavy, but I'm okay with that. However, there were uh, a few plot, plot holes. But at the same time, if you're comfortable with Spider-Man No Way Home, in which there are a lot of plot holes in that, uh, but it was still a, a crowd-pleaser, then you'll be okay with this. So I would recommend this movie, uh, this uh, TV series. Um, just keep in mind that uh, as, as far as we know, is not that much connected to the wider MCU uh, properties, at least as of now. So you could go in completely blind. So for anyone who is just straight up blind on MCU stuff, you could go into this and just watch it on its own. And not have to watch like 30 movies yep. beforehand. So on average, that would mean that um, the three of us collectively have given this show an eight. I did the math. Did you actually, did you actually, did yeah. you actually do the math? Nine and a half plus nine plus five and a half Alrighty. is 24 divided by three is eight. <laughs> it's math. This is, well, this a, is like grade school math. That's overall. Please get degrees, and that's all that matters. <laughs> Alrighty, guys, thank you for uh, listening to this quickie. And right now, it is the outro. Hey, everyone, thanks for listening to our podcast. Swifty Dialogues was brought to you by your hosts, Rob, Cinda, and myself, Ariel. You can support us by subscribing to our podcast on Apple Music, Spotify, or any other major podcast services. Subscribe to a YouTube channel for exclusive content such as animated shorts. Find us on Twitter and Instagram with the handle at Swifty Dialogues. If you want to learn more about us, visit our website at SwiftyDialogues.com. You can also contact us by filling out the form on our website or emailing us at info at SwiftyDialogues.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next episode.